Welcome to the Lose Weight, Live Life podcast. If you're someone who would do anything to lose weight, yet finds it impossible to stick to a diet, to eat less, or just what you think you should, this podcast is for you. I am your host, certified life and weight mindset coach, Claire McKenzie. Listen in to learn how to stop overeating, lose weight for the last time, and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love, all without diet deprivation and self-sabotage. Hi everyone and a very warm welcome to podcast episode number 110, The December Difference. There is no doubt that for most of us, food has a far greater importance in our lives during December than during any other month of the year. And the way that I see it, there are four general approaches to how we go about or could go about eating and drinking in the month of December. The first is to avoid thinking about our food and drink choices at all and kind of just go with the flow. The second which originates in diet mentality thinking, is to eat what we want whilst we can, or because we're allowed, in inverted commas, because it's December and we want to enjoy, again, in inverted commas, all the things before restricting what we eat in January. The third is to restrict ourselves in December and try to stick to a diet, but be feeling disgruntled, dissatisfied, and as though it is effort and hard work. And the fourth is to be very intentional about being the person we want to be in how we show up in our relationship with food in December. The last approach I'm going to talk through with you in this podcast episode, we're going to explore what that looks like. But first, I just want to take a moment and be curious about how you habitually approach eating in December. Is it about switching off? Is it about desperately trying to restrict and not have what you think you want? Or is it about eating all the things because it's Christmas time? And you maybe have a plan to cut back then and focus on dieting in January. You may find you flip-flop back and forth between all three of these approaches during the month of December. But what I find is that these approaches create some challenges. If what we ultimately want is a relationship with food that we love that leads us to being the weight that we want to be, that is the balance between eating for fuel and nourishment and comfort and joy that works for us. Now, the go with the flow approach works great if you have the relationship with food that you want and you don't find yourself wanting to be a different weight to what you are. This approach works if you are really tuned into your hunger and satiation levels and you don't over-desire many foods and you have no diet mentality trauma. For some of you, maybe in your 20s and 30s, this approach may have worked for you. Maybe you didn't need to pay attention and you either didn't gain weight or you gained a few pounds and it naturally came back off again in January happy days. But if you're here listening to this podcast, and I'm guessing that a kind of go with the flow approach now is not working for you, or maybe it wouldn't work for you anymore. The problem with the go with the flow approach, if you're a different weight to the weight you want to be, even though it may seem very appropriate and may feel as though it's the right approach, the problem is you're going to be leaving your food and eating decisions to your primal brain. And your primal brain's job is to have you make all the choices that give you maximum pleasure and save you minimal pain and that minimal pain includes or gives you minimal pain that includes avoiding emotional discomfort this means your brain is always going to want you to be having what feels easy and delicious and enjoyable until the point where eating more switches into contributing to physical discomfort and then the go with the flow approach will sort of like you'll stop eating but where you're making decisions with your primal brain, it's only going to be focusing on what you want in the moment and not what you want for the long term. Okay, so let's look at the second approach, maybe born out of diet mentality thinking. 
which is really normal and probably the approach that I followed for decades. You'll know this is the approach you have if you have a tendency to adopt, if you recognise words and sentences in your internal dialogue, such as, I love that I get to eat chocolate at Christmas, or I'm not going to eat anything today because I want to look better in that dress tomorrow, or I'm going to enjoy eating this now because in January I'm going to have to cut X food or X type of food out of my diet. Maybe if you're thinking everyone else is having so, some, so I should be allowed it too. Or you're thinking, I don't want to miss out on the opportunity to eat. Or if you're thinking, I get to eat what I want at Christmas. Or I don't want to be bothered to think about what I should or should not have right now. Or even, of course, I'll have whatever I want. It's Christmas and it only happens once a year. Or if you're thinking, I'll be good for this meal so that I can have something else in this evening. The feelings that we might associate with these could be entitled, rebellious, self-approving or relief. Those are the feelings that we could feel from that type of thinking. So the third approach looks like us restricting ourselves and being terrified of gaining more weight or gaining weight loss earlier in the year. We think December is going to be really difficult and that we're going to be disciplined and use willpower to not eat what we want, whether that's through the entire period of festivity or maybe up until a certain point, such as maybe Christmas Eve, when we then allow ourselves to relax or join in. This approach is tiring and feels as though we're constantly in battle with ourselves. The underlying thoughts centre around the idea that we can't have what we want. We might feel a sense of self-pity or as though things just aren't fair. This approach can feel tiring and we may find ourselves feeling depleted or resentful. Okay, so I just share those different approaches with you so that you can think about whether any of those resonate for you, whether you recognize them, whether you see that they are your default pattern or your default way of being during the month of December. And it's just really useful for you to know that. Okay, so next what I want to do is look at what it looks like to show up in December as the person who has the relationship with food that you want. And of course it will be different for each of us and there is no right and wrong. But think of it as getting what you want from the month of December in your life, your, in your relationship with yourself and your relationship with food without creating any net negative in your life. So this looks like loving the foods that you eat in December and the choices that you make without feeling physically uncomfortable or emotionally uncomfortable in the short term or the midterm or the long term. When I'm talking about physically uncomfortable in the short term, I'm referring to the feelings of being overly full, maybe having indigestion or inflammation because of the food choices you make. When I refer to being physically uncomfortable in the long term, I'm talking about clothes being tighter in January and beyond, as well as long-term health discomforts that food choices contribute to, such as maybe achy joints or a lack of energy or even challenges associated with health conditions such as type 2 diabetes and heart disease. It may sound a little extreme, and of course it's all about balance, but December is a great time to put into practice you being the person you want to be, also known as the person who puts your health and well-being above that decision to finish off the entire pack of mince pies. And it's not about doing that perfectly, but about being the person more than you not about being the person you want to be more than you're not and i'm laughing at myself as i say this because i did actually eat a box of mince pies last weekend and i'm looking at what that was about for me lovingly laughing at myself through my mince pie eating and knowing it's not a problem because it's the exception and not the rule 
for me anymore. It used to be the rule, but now it's the exception, okay? It's not my default behavior anymore. If you can show yourself how you can get what you want from your life in December without eating all the things and regretting it, you're going to have a really good evidence to create belief that you can do that all year round too. Before I talk more about creating what you want in December, I just want to take a moment for those of you for whom December is less about fun and celebration and joy, either this year or in general because of what you may be going through in your life. Many of you will have had a tough year. You may be dealing with illness or you may have lost loved ones recently or maybe you lost a loved one during December some years ago and it's always an incredibly difficult time for you or maybe you feel alone. If this time of year is more about surviving than thriving then I encourage you to be incredibly gentle with yourself. Take a minimum baseline approach to your food choices. It may be that you check in with yourself when making a food decision and ask yourself is me eating this the kindest thing for me to do for myself right now? And use that as your barometer whilst things don't feel as though you would want them to be. It will be important for you to appreciate yourself for everything that you do, whether that's getting out of bed and having a shower, showing up for your kids, making a meal for others or for yourself. Drop all of the should language from your vocabulary and take things either one day or one hour, one moment at a time. I'm going to put some links in the show notes with details of where you can find help and support if you're feeling lonely or grieving at the moment. I'll include links to some other podcasts as well as support groups and websites. To find these, go to www.thebestyou.coach forward slash podcast and click on this episode to see the details. Okay. What I'm going to do now is talk you through seven things that you can think, feel and do to create the December that you want without having it be all about the food, without feeling you can eat what you want or you can't eat what you want. So I meant to say there and by feeling that you are having the best possible time. All right. So number one, don't expect this time of year to be perfect unless you have grasped the perfection in imperfection and imperfectness. Life is always going to be a mix of positive and negative emotion and highs and lows. It can be easy to put a lot of emphasis on making this time of year perfect. And there's nothing wrong with that. As long as if it's not perfect, if things don't go to plan, if your family members don't comply, you don't make it mean that something has gone wrong. And importantly, you don't make it mean that you were wrong to want things to be a certain way or to try to make things happen in a way that you thought everybody would appreciate and then you discover that they don't. Don't look for appreciation from others as a payoff for the effort that you put in. Instead, decide to massively appreciate yourself and no matter what happens outside of your control, because of course you can't control other people. And what you may be thinking has this to do with how you show up in your relationship with food. Well, everything. Because so many of you listening here will have a default response to eating to manage your emotions around disappointment and frustration that you may feel that when things don't go to plan, the play phase plan for the best and expect the worst just popped into my head. So don't, you want to get comfortable accepting that things don't go to plan so that you don't turn to food to eat to feel better. I think that it's a great approach for getting through this time of year. So don't eat to avoid feeling the negative emotions or to spite others or yourself. Either allow yourself to feel the frustration or the disappointment or however you feel when things don't go as you would wish 
or reframe the thought behind that frustration and disappointment so that you can appreciate yourself for how you're approaching these things instead. It feels so much better. And of course, this is everything that we help you with inside of the Lose Weight Live Life Academy. Also, what can be helpful is to remind yourself what you're grateful for, whether that be your partner, your children, your family members, friends, a home that you love. Constantly remind yourself what you are grateful for. It really does help. Number two, make a list of Christmas foods and eating experiences that you love. So much of the way in which we eat at this time of year is born out of tradition and habit and it just being the way that things are. You may have never stopped to think about what you truly want and love. And as you think about it, be curious about what aspects of what you're visualizing are about the actual ingredients of the food and what is more about the occasion, about nostalgia or about connecting with others. What is it that you love about the foods that you enjoy eating at Christmas time? You might also want to consider, how can I love whatever that experience is more? Let's take Christmas pudding as an example. I'm guessing many of you eat Christmas pudding because you love the tradition of it and not because you love Christmas pudding. If this is you, I encourage you to consider not eating Christmas pudding. Either make it all about the presentation of it or the tradition of it. I really like to set fire to ours. It's great fun. And but I don't eat it. So make it about a tradition, but not about eating it in order to fulfill that tradition or create something that you truly enjoy. I'm sure others will still enjoy eating the Christmas pudding if you present it and don't eat it yourself or create a new tradition, as I said. So this year I am making a pudding shaped ice cream and panettone dessert I made when the children were younger. So my daughter and I decided we want to make this a part of our Christmas dessert tradition. Whilst I'm sure it will get eaten, it's more about the making of it and the serving of it and reminiscing that this is something that we used to have when the children were really little than it is about the food. All right. Number three, ask yourself, what would I love this Christmas and write down your answer. Consider that you have the Christmas that you want. What would it look like? For example, when I ask myself this question, my first thoughts are of some vague hallmark Christmas movie in a pretty North American northeastern American town. I confess I'm watching the Gilmore Girls at the moment. It's my guilty pleasure. And so this is probably where this is coming from. But I visualize this sort of pretty town where it's snowing and everyone is walking around with Christmas trees. It's like, okay, let's get real for a moment. Who wants to carry a Christmas tree on icy snowy pavements? That would end in disaster for me. Anyhow, I am full on fake Christmas nostalgia. And if you've got similar thoughts before dismissing them as something along the lines of superficial nonsense, pause and ask yourself why you want it. Why is this appealing to you? It's likely because of how you imagine it will feel to be in that scene. Maybe it's happy, relaxed, full of joy, anticipation, excitement. That's what you actually want. To feel the emotions you want to feel. And it's really useful for you to know and to pinpoint what those emotions are because it doesn't actually matter what creates those feelings. It's the feelings that you want. Now, if you are less superficial than I am, you may have had thoughts about what you want along the lines of everyone in your family getting along and complying with your well thought out plans. You might be wishing loved ones who are no longer with you were. You might wish that you get to go out for Christmas lunch instead of doing the preparation and cooking for it. Again, what you'll be wanting is to feel how you imagine it will feel if you have that circumstance, that scenario, that situation that you're wanting to experience this picture perfect Christmas that you seek. Ponder on this and name those feelings. Our feelings, our emotions come from our thinking. 
Our thinking is our interpretation of the circumstances in which we find ourselves. This is good news because it means that you can help yourself feel the way that you want to feel no matter the circumstances of your Christmas. However, of course, it may feel easier to think thoughts about some circumstances that have you feeling the way that you would want much easier than it would do for others. So once you've identified how you want to feel, whether it is peaceful and calm or jubilant and joyful, get savvy with creating the circumstances that will make it easy to think thoughts that will help you to think that way. For example, if I want to feel peace and calm, but I'm scheduled to attend Christmas with my partner's family, that I might expect to be fraught and hectic, for example, I might want to ask myself, if I was to feel peace and calm while spending Christmas there, how would I go about doing that? So if this is something that you can relate to, ask this for yourself. Maybe, for example, if they have a dog, you could offer to walk the dog. Or maybe you take yourself off to read in peace while everyone else watches the Christmas movie. Or maybe you check out what coffee shops open ridiculously early and you sneak out and enjoy a quiet coffee on your own with some gentle Christmas music playing in your earbuds as you read or journal. I may have used this one myself a few times. Empower yourself to feel however you want to feel this Christmas, no matter the circumstances. If you're grieving this Christmas, make a plan for how you want to remember your loved ones. Talk about them. Connect with the person that you've lost. You have the option to make them a part of your Christmas. Number four, remind yourself you don't have to do anything. You don't have to buy presents. You don't have to cook. You don't have to spend time with relatives or friends whose company you really don't enjoy. Most of us do things that we tell ourselves we would rather not do because of our love or respect for others. Tell yourself this truth. Instead of telling yourself you don't have a choice and that you have to, say in inverted commas, tell yourself I'm choosing to take or do whatever it is. For example, I'm choosing to take Auntie Betty shopping for presents because I get to be the kind and loving and thoughtful person I want to be. Appreciate yourself for doing it rather than telling yourself you have to and feeling resentful. I promise you it will make you feel better. It will make your Christmas better. So either don't do the things that you don't want to do and allow the outcome of your decision to be whatever it will be or step into feeling gratitude and self-appreciation because of the choices that you're making. I promise you, when you own your choices and appreciate yourself for them, rather than telling yourself you haven't got a choice and feeling resentful, it will feel so much better. Number five, think about the aspects of Christmas eating that you typically regret later. Do you say yes to foods you don't really want to eat to avoid drawing attention to yourself by saying no? Or do you say yes because you tell yourself you should because your host has gone to so much effort to prepare or make whatever it is? Don't do this to yourself. Don't sacrifice your emotional and physical well-being by eating foods to avoid feeling a fleeting moment of discomfort that may come with your choice to not eat them. Think of these occurrences of obstacles to you creating the relationship with food that you want, what other food obstacles will come up for you at Christmas time? They could be leftover gifted chocolates and biscuits, or it could be you drinking alcohol, knowing that when you have a drink, you have a tendency to be less intentional about your eating. It could be uh, meals out at restaurants where everyone eats and drinks to excess. Identify your food obstacles and make a plan for them. Put a note in your diary now 
that you will take unwanted gifts to the food bank when the supermarkets reopen on the 26th or 27th of December, for example. Put a plan together now for what you will do with leftover cheese and dessert, and so on and so forth. Okay, number six. If you're unhappy with your size and suspect that you have nothing to wear that you like in your wardrobe, take a deep breath and make a plan instead of leaving it to the last minute. I used to do this all of the time. I knew that I felt dread about an upcoming Christmas party. I had thoughts about having nothing to wear, but I didn't actually look in my wardrobe or try clothes on or think about what I was going to wear until the hour before I was due to leave. Why? Because facing it felt so uncomfortable because it brought up feelings of shame and failure and regret and frustration, all of which I now know were totally unnecessary, but it didn't feel like it at the time. It just felt like these feelings were, I didn't feel like I had a choice in them. But of course, the problem was that when I left things to the last minute, I ultimately ended up being far less happy than what I was wearing or how I was looking than I could have been if I had put some pre-planning thought and effort into it. So whilst the longer term answer here is to do the work on your relationship with yourself and your body and to heal the trauma you've experienced from previously failed diet attempts and your thoughts about being overweight, the short term answer is to make a plan now. Make the choice of what to wear that you like best. Make a plan to pamper yourself. Get your nails done. Take time with your hair and makeup. Smother your body in beautiful smelling lotion. Embrace your curves and remind yourself that your self-worth has nothing to do with your size, shape and weight. Okay, number seven, lastly, be creative in your non-food creation of comfort and joy. Be prepared to change things up a bit. Create new traditions. Our lives are always evolving. What we may have loved about our Christmases when our children were younger or our parents were alive or we were with our former partner might not be an option for us anymore. But we get to create new ways of being and doing things. We get to create new traditions. Maybe it's the first Christmas where you'll be without one of your children as they spend time with their partner or their partner's family. Rather than being stuck in wishing it wasn't so, decide now how you want to celebrate with them and also celebrate without them. Will you create a Christmas day on a different day to celebrate with them? Will you spend time with them on FaceTime, enjoying a glass of mulled wine and a mince pie, telling them stories about when they were little? I love telling my son, who's now 20, a story about when he was three or four and wanted some action figure and Father Christmas gave him the wrong one. And he spent the whole of Christmas dinner totally distraught underneath the table, crying his eyes out. He was totally devastated. And then two days later, when we were in the garden, we discovered it lying on the ground and realised it must have fallen out of Father Christmas's sleigh when he landed on the roof. And thankfully, he was no longer heartbroken. Okay, just a few things for you to ponder here. The one thing I would love you to take away from this episode is that it truly isn't about the food. It's about how we want to feel. And when we get creative and intentional, we can create so much of what we want to feel in ways that have nothing to do with Christmas eating and Christmas drinking. Okay, everyone, thanks for listening and I'll speak to you next week. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and are ready to live a more intentional life, lose weight as a part of that journey and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love, then I would be honoured to have you join the Lose Weight Live Life Academy membership and coach with me. The program offers different levels of support to suit you, including self-paced learning, twice-weekly calls, private coaching, an amazingly caring community, and lots more. Find out all the details about when and how you can join 
at www.thebestyou.coach forward slash coaching.